you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. All right. Welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. I'm DJ Impact. I've got the Vegas Bad Boys here, and welcome to Three Count. We got three good topics for you that we pulled off the internet, and we're going to discuss. If you're watching us live, feel free to jump in, throw your comments in, and we'll try to uh, post them as we see fit. If you're just downloading and listening, thank you for downloading. Hopefully, you enjoy as well, and we do offer you to Join us sometimes every Sunday, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I know, uh, and and for this, in this case of three count, it's it's 9 p.m., which is like midnight in uh, in the East Coast. But um, you know, if you're rocking with us, we definitely appreciate it. Thank you much. All right, so let's get right into our three count topics. Let's go. It's time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting present. One, two. Count talk. Count talk, baby. All right, so let's get to our first one from WrestlingInc.com. Title, Eric Bischoff on the impact Cody Rhodes leaving AEW will have on the company. It reads like this. Cody Rhodes became the first all-elite star to jump from AEW to WWE last weekend when he made his shocking return at WrestleMania 38 to defeat Seth Rollins. WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff spoke about Cody's Rhodes' return to WWE on the latest episode of the Strictly Business exclusive podcast on AdFreeShows.com where he revealed that he spoke to Cody and told him his dad, Dusty Rhodes, would be proud. Bischoff also spoke about what this means for AEW talent looking to jump the ship to WWE just like Cody did. Quote, we don't know. Dewey, end quote, Bischoff said, quote, I certainly don't know. I don't know how many other talents currently in AEW, how many of them are actually looking at the end of their contract and saying, huh, I'm going to see if this works out well for me, just like it did for Cody. I know nothing about AEW. I'm a fan of MJF. I heard his contract is up sometime in 2024. That's a bit down the road. I don't know if there's anybody else coming up before that. But it's an opportunity. That's all it is. The one thing I think that's interesting is that I like to know what the morale is really like. Not when Tony's around. Not when everybody else is around. But when these guys are by themselves. Now that the newness has worn off of AEW. It's three years old and has a track record now. They've hit some really great highs for a new company. Some amazing things they've done early on. Quote, no question... But here's what happened, and here's what I've seen happen around me. You know what happens when you start making more money and when you left your previous employer. You get really used to that shit. You begin to take that for granted, and it's no longer new anymore. And you're no longer feeling it the way you used to. After a certain amount of time, you get used to it, and talent gets used to the money real quick. And then it's about performance, emotion, and ego. You've got a lot of talent that come into AEW over the last couple of years, some of them making significantly more than they have ever made in the wrestling business on a guaranteed basis. That's cool, and you appreciate that. Once the newness wears off, and you get used to that, what do you want? You want to showcase. You want to perform. That's why you become a professional wrestler in the first place. Athletes don't want to sit on the bench and collect. They want to play. And that's the end of the quote. And after Cody Rhodes made his WWE return, Eric Bischoff called the moment, quote, magic, end quote, revealing how excited he was for all involved in the situation. The WWE Hall of Famer continued to talk about the impact this move has had on AEW, mentioning how we could see a shift in morale within the company eternally, 
quote, not if you've got a very crowded roster and some very talented people, which is a credit to Tony Khan and AEW, but you can only showcase some of them, Eric Bischoff said. Now that you're used to the money, they're going to be looking for another opportunity just like Cody Rhodes was looking for when he left WWE the first time. You're going to see a shift in morale. We're going to hear about it because nobody wants to burn a bridge and see the paycheck go away. The world's in a different place now than it used to be, but internally, I have to imagine there's any number of talents there that are questioning what their future is going to look like in the next 12, 18, 24 months. All right. Sin City Steve, man, this was your article, and what was your take? So I think that the the thing that really we should take note of is that, quite frankly, this is a watershed moment. Um, Cody was the first person to jump from AEW to WWE, and he was a former founder of the company and a an executive vice president. So it's it would be different than let's say Marco Stunt going to going to <laughs> WWE. Um, so it's 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 one of those things, good. and that's not meant to be a slight on Marco. But realistically speaking, I mean, when you have somebody with the gravitas that Cody has, um, this really, really, really should uh, open some eyes um, over in Jacksonville as to hey, why did he really leave? Now maybe they did, maybe they knew maybe they were well aware or maybe they had planned for it, mm-hmm. um, but I think that you know there's there's got to be more than meets the eye to this thing, um, you know for Cody to say that you know he wanted to win the world championship and that's why he left I get that. What what I had mentioned on the show is why did he agree to the stipulation in the first place in AEW that he could never challenge for that AEW championship. Um, and of course the AEW championship and WWE championship are not on the same level. And I get that, but it's very interesting that he chose to agree to a match stipulation that he would never be able to hold that championship. And according to what he's saying, that is the number one reason for his exodus. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very interesting. And something that I think that we really should keep in mind is if nothing else, this will allow for there to be um, more of a free flowing um, ability for some of these guys and, and ladies to, you know, work in one promotion and then contract up. Hey, now I'm going to go over here to this other promotion. Um, I think that this is just kind of ushering in that kind of a, that kind of a thing. And it definitely, um, uh, excuse me, competition is always a very, very good thing in any facet of business. Um, so I, I'm really interested to see what happens uh, with both WWE and AEW, uh, which company is going to adapt uh, to the uh, the new era of free agency. Let's call it what it is because it's here. So it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um... It's interesting the guy mentioned in the article. Oh, no, it was actually Eric Bischoff mentioned in the article about MJ's elf, uh, contract because I have always said that if I was WWE, that's, out of everybody on the roster, that's who I would be looking at. I know Matt, Matt, uh, Michaels had challenged me and said, no, it would be Warlow. And I actually can see where he's coming from as well. Let me jump over to you, Michaels. Is, is there really a, an equivalent for anybody in AEW to think they have a chance to do what Cody has done. I mean, Cody have had some history. His family is is pretty much uh, built within WWE. The chances of him coming back was always, uh, was I would like to think of it, it was inevitable. He was going to be back. Um, I don't know if everyone over in AEW should have that same outlook what's your take on this whole thing well they won't i mean they're they're you know yeah every um so one of the things that we're seeing now from wwe is that everyone is being judged on a um uh who you are basis right they've canned so many people that the people that they're signing if they're not you know on a level uh 
that's going to be at least a, a high mid card um, that they probably won't even bring him in. Yeah. So, uh, and it, and it, like I was talking to you, DJ, yeah. uh, the other day uh, about, I think what this really does is it makes the AW roster pay close attention to what the WWE does for Cody Rhodes within the next year or two years, uh, depending on the contracts you know that they have coming up. Because if they see that he's getting the opportunity he's getting the push he's getting good situations he's got you know uh if they're still able to do let's say a reality show or if they're able to do a game show or whatever whatever it is those people are going to be watching that closely mm-hmm. uh, to know that hey he went back over there and they didn't make him stardust right right so that's what the i think they're going to be really be looking at um also, I think Tony Khan is going to have to make a lot of decisions of what the hell he's actually doing. Meaning, <laughs> ROH right now, what is it? We don't know. As far as we know, um, you know, Samoa Joe debuts at ROH, and apparently they're going to put him in a feud with Jay Lethal, but at the same time, he's in the Owen Hart classic so are we just going to be seeing um essentially roh matches on aew tv because roh doesn't have a tv deal i don't think um you know right now for the new product mm-hmm. um because tony, that was not to interject tony has yeah. actually mentioned that uh he has spoken to warner media about getting them a, a slot so. Yeah, so it's gonna it's it's so it's going to have to be something that they create in terms of that. So you're not just getting their television slot from um, Sinclair. So you're going to see most likely ROH matches on AEW, which is going to take away then from some of those AEW people getting that. You know, it's going to be confusing. It's going to be tough. And if certain people feel they get slighted and they can get a good deal from WWE then they'll they'll probably go so it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out sure all right uh simon street what's your what's your take man you got um cody now has made his debut and it looked like it was pretty successful and um you know of course in the bischoff a lot of people over AEW is going to be watching to see how this all plays out and they're going to start thinking about, you know, what chances they may have. Is this a good thought process for them? Uh, 100% it's a good thought process. Um, I do also want to, you know, go back to what I know I was pretty vocal about when AEW first started. Um, I think also, too, uh, since Steve maybe said something to this when it first started as well. Um, AEW... I think as a brand and as a business, we're looking to cut into the game, not to be competition for the person who holds the placeholder as WWE. And I think this is the reason why giving an opportunity for talent who may no longer be in a WWE contract, whatever the case may be, have some place they can go. That isn't what before AEW was, was, you know, you go overseas, go New Japan Pro for a little while. If you had connections with that and it could work for you. Uh, Impact Wrestling, obviously, and at the time, ROH, right? People, a lot of talent probably want a little bit more than that, you know, and there's no slight against those other promotions I listed. AEW has offered that, and I 120%, this is what AEW should have been, despite a lot of fans and a lot of media trying to push a war. They're perfect for this. This should be their bread and butter. Tony Khan probably should provide a different structure but leaning more towards what I just said, being a place where you can get grouped. You still have a spotlight on you. That's that's big enough, bigger than the ones, the promotions I've mentioned earlier. And so that in hopes that WWE, when they're looking for somebody, you can come back. Now, uh, I believe it was uh, one of you gentlemen had said that 
you know, it's not going to be the same for everybody as Cody Rhodes. Obviously, Cody Rhodes is a way bigger draw. Obviously, WWE sees him, and there's, like, so many different things they can do with him. But that's not to say that other talents coming up, since as we mentioned earlier, MJF, Wardlow, you know, kind of seeing what's the, let's say, if you go over, if you're Wardlow and MJF, and it doesn't quite work out well, right? You don't burn the bridge. You get, you know, future endeavored by WWE. You go back to AEW, gather yourself again and go forth. I will say this and I'll close this. I find it very interesting that it was Cody Rhodes. And the reason why I say this is because thinking back before AEW opened up, Cody was somebody that I thought was going to be in the in BMW for a long time. He was he was a, uh, a quotably a second generation uh, WWE talent, uh, which ordinarily they stick around. They don't go anywhere else. Most times it was interesting that he came. He went to New Japan to try and find some success, spent some time, I believe, also, too, in uh, Impact Wrestling a little bit. Well, to try and recharge himself and reinvigorate himself. There have been other talents that have done the same way. But it's interesting how he built up his own with AEW. I wonder, was it always meant for him to eventually come back to some to pass? I just got to be honest. I, I feel that I get some things weren't seen eye to eye. There's been reports that he was no longer feeling close with Tony Khan as he once did, and I understand that. But I feel that in a way, maybe in his head, because he's very much a legacy guy and his father's legacy is very important to him. I wonder sometimes if maybe he was like, if there was an opportunity and, and the you know, whatever's laid in front of me is correct, I would do it. We won't see. But definitely AEW has to do some repivoting and thinking on what they want to do moving forward. I hope that they hearken what I've said, not that I'm the expert, that this is what AEW should be. An exciting place for you to be that's not WWE. You have a fan base that's diehard for you, and you can still keep relevance. And then if you want to go to uh, to WWE or somewhere else, you can. If not, AEW is a pretty good pond to chill in for a while. Okay. Well, there we go. A lot of people have a lot of uh, take on this uh, Cody situation. I'm sure we will continue to discuss this as he will uh, be making moves on WWE. So we'll move over into our count two. Two. All right. Our second count comes from ITRWrestling.com, which is Inside the Ropes. And this was titled... Dave Meltzer, WrestleMania 38 ratings revealed. So I'm pretty much just going to go into his his rating system here. And we're going to see this how all of this uh, come together. I tell you this, I don't uh, see any five-star uh, matches here. But uh, let's see if this is just good old Dave Meltzer. The Jimmy and Jay Uso, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs match got a 1.5 star rating. Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin, 2.75. Logan Paul, The Miz, Ray, and Dominic Mysterio, 3.5. Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, 4.5. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins, 4.5. Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, a 2. <laughs> And Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens got a 3.5. Amazing. RK Bro, Street Profits, Alpha Academy, a 4.25. On poor Bobby Lashley and uh, Omas, they got a 0.5 star rating. Okay, let me say that one for last. Uh, Sasha Banks, Naomi, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Natalia, Shayna, Liz, Morgan, Rhea Ripley, 2.5. Stars, Edge versus AJ Styles, three, 3.75 stars. Okay. Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus The New Day, 0.25. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, 3.75 stars. Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee, a negative two. <laughs> a negative two stars. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, 3.25 stars. And by the way, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville, it has no rating giving at the time of this writing. 
Matt Michaels, um, Meltzer have given lots of five-star matches. For some reason, they never come towards WWE's uh, programming at all. What's your take? This was your uh, article on his rating system for WrestleMania. Well, his rating system in general is just kind of fucking stupid. But um, <laughs> what's interesting is uh, I think Dave must have uh, Dave must have uh, basically been at Saturday Night Show, and because he is eighty-seven years old, he didn't really catch Sunday Show because he was tired. Sure. So yeah. he just said, oh, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna," you know. Uh, but so a couple things. One, why the <laughs> fuck do you even give a fucking Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee was not a fucking match, right? It's simple. It was, a, it was officially sanctioned. Oh well, yeah, yeah that is it, it was officially sanctioned. Like <laughs> Dave Meltzer is a journalist. Oh okay. wow! <laughs> so easy. That you can just throw out that that's ridiculous. Um, you know, Reigns and Lesnar. 3.25. Okay, that's fair. Uh, McAfee theory probably should have been around the same. Maybe both of those about 3.5. Edge and AJ, same thing, somewhere around there, 3.5-ish. But it's very interesting that uh, you had the uh, Rousey Flair match with only two, where, you know, you gave Stone Cold versus Kevin Owens 3.5. And in all realistic terms, that wasn't even, again, really a match. You know, it was a brawl. So I think Rousey and Flair kind of got, you know, shaded there. Um, 1.5 for uh, for a match in which Root Boogs couldn't even participate after the first five minutes. That's kind of stupid. Um, you know, put a caveat on that because... Nakamura did that match by himself, essentially. It was a two-on-one, yeah. so right. I would give it a little higher. And then McIntyre and Corbin, I mean, 2.75, I think you'd probably go a little bit higher on that. Uh, you know, The Miz, Dominic Mysterio at 3.5, yeah, I could probably go around there. Um, but you have to think that uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch and Rhodes and Rollins, four. Point five, I'd say to venture on even close to four point seven five. Both those matches yeah. were exactly what they should have been story wise, and both those matches got the crowd into it. You know, the, the crowd was engaged. So I don't know. It, it's just fun. But the biggest thing is really no fucking rating for Sami Zayn. <laughs> that's that's absurd that's absurd because feel what you want about the jackass crew um and by the way they actually kind of held their own for what it was mm -hmm. which was fine but sammy Zayn, my god he did everything in that match he gave everything to them and that shows that you put your ego aside Fucking recognize that, dude. Don't just be a fucking old, grumpy, fucking, you know, sports writer from the 19 fucking 30s. Because I think he started reviewing around 1937. So, <laughs> Danny Hodge was his favorite wrestler when he was already 33. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Well. Good points there. All right, let me go over to you then. Um, Simon Street, what is your take on uh, Dave Meltzer's ratings of of Mania, especially if you're familiar with how he rates uh, other uh, programming such as AEW or even New Japan? It's, it's definitely a, a lot different. It's a different scale, apparently, he uses. Uh, what's your take? You agree with this or what? Well, as usual, when things are pertaining to false prophet uh, Dave Meltzer, it's full of shit. Um, the, the, the one thing that I really want to like really hearken on this really hard is when you portray yourself as a journalist, you need to have a little bit of integrity. Part of that integrity, and this is me speaking to you as another professional, 
Okay, so we're cutting the bullshit. Uh, it's clear to see who you like. But if you're a professional journalist, it's not about who you like. It's what you report. And I've noticed a lot of the times that Mr. Meltzer is always leaning extra hard towards who he likes. I get you don't like WWE, but you could have provided a lot more context as to why your scores are the way they are versus just stiffing it out there. I think at this point, it's safe to say that maybe Meltzer needs to retire mm-hmm. and give the reins to somebody else who's willing to give proper credence to the art form that is journalism. Not about who you like, but what you report. So, but you know, that's just how I personally feel about him. But as far as answering your questions, you know, it's his opinion. I get it. A lot of it's unfound. I agree hundred percent with Matt Michaels and how he broke down each one of the things he said. And uh, that's all I'll say to this. Uh, Sorry, Mr. Dave Meltzer, but uh, you're almost (laughs) non-relevant. Let me ask you, Sin uh, City, what is your, um, for Mania, tag match, what would you say was your favorite tag match for Mania? My favorite tag match for Mania was the, the three-way. The three-way. The RK Bro Street Profits right. and Alpha Academy. What did you, what would you rate that if you had to have a five-star rating? What, what would you I, I I would say between 4.25 and 4.5. Okay. I think I think that I I think that his rating for that match was spot on. And there there are, there are a couple of matches where you know there are some discrepancies, but largely, yeah, I agree with the ratings. And where what would you put between on uh, this past week's Dynamite, FTR versus the Young Bucks? What would your rating be on that match? I would say that that match is probably right around four point two five to four point five. Okay. Because Meltzer made that a 4.75. It's only a, a, <laughs> right before it gets to five stars. You're pretty much going to round it off to five, you know. And yeah. I watched that match, and I'm not going to sit and say it was a shitty match, but it definitely wasn't on top five and not even a, a 4.7. I, I wouldn't even put it at a 4.5. I'm sorry. I okay. put it, I'll give it a four, but I won't give it a four point. I won't even a 4.5. It's I definitely think, not close the- to a five. I think the most important thing to consider with all of these star ratings is that they are completely subjective. True. And, you know, that that's something that, you know, everybody loves to, to rip on Meltzer, you know, insert journalist here. Um, realistically speaking, I mean, it everything's subjective. Everything's subjective. Yeah. You know, you you could rate you could rate a match that I hated. You could rate it five stars. Because you enjoyed it. And vice versa. I think part of the problem, though, is that people, you know, as, as the, the, I don't know how many subscribers he's at. I, don't, I was going to say millions, but it may be thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands. I don't know. But they may yeah. really take his word for that and really do believe that, yes, I'm in total agreement with what Meltzer is saying. And then if they are in that, they're not – being subjective they're now you know taken as what he's saying as the gospel which doesn't everybody do doesn't everybody do that to some extent we all get programmed we all get programmed with what we allow to program us whether it's whether it's news whether it's you know wrestling journalists whether it's podcasting whatever it is um realistically the thing is we're going to identify with people that at least share some of our beliefs and then we're going to latch onto those people. And the more that they say that aligns with what we're thinking, people love to be reaffirmed. Yeah. But but what DJ is saying essentially, which is the thought I was having DJ. And that is he's been around for so long Mm -hmm. that you've basically you've, you've positioned yourself in almost a lie where he's established himself by his own merits as this person who is an insider. And once he did that, and once people, you know, were subscribing and now the internet's getting bigger, he had a platform now to then 
um, basically gear it towards what he likes and then get people just to believe that. Right. So basically, Steve, yeah. what I'm trying to say is that you take away the free will of thinking in that, you know, because, oh, my God, well, it came from Dave Meltzer, you know, so let's look at those rankings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That match was shit. I agree. He needs to That's be challenged or he needs to leave. As simple as so, that. <laughs> so ultimately, I, I think that the thing is you're going you're always going to have a contingency of people that will, you know, parrot what he's saying because of what he's established himself with. Likewise, with, you know, with other other journalists. Um, and, and I think that that's something to keep in mind. The um, the match ratings that I would, you know, definitely say there's a discrepancy on. I thought Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey was at least a three-star match. I would I don't think that it stole the show by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, I mean to to rate that match at a two, I thought that it was it was I'd say a little bit better than the Drew McIntyre Happy Corbin match. Um, but yeah, I mean that kind of thing. And then uh, he yeah the the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match for the main event. I absolutely hate the main event WWE style when both guys fire out of the gate and just hit finisher after finisher after finisher after finisher. Um, if you're going to have a segment in the match where you hit finish after finish after finish, work up to it. But don't just come right out of the gate. And that seems to be the latest thing with the WWE main event style. Um, we saw it when Drew McIntyre was champion. Um, how many Claymore kicks did he, did he launch? at people um i mean it's it's one of those things um and i of course suplex city you know that that's that's something to keep in mind too i just i i don't know so so i guess this would be and, and dj this might be your your follow-up question because i think we're kind of in headspace simon you might even agree on this so what does dave Meltzer give that match if it's the main event of aew I can't speak to that because I'm not Dave Meltzer, but I see, I see what you're going for. Yeah. And again, and again, I'm replying that his star ratings are subjective, just like how, what you like is subjective. That's yeah, but, there's, but, a, there's a difference. We don't, yeah. we don't, we don't actually take ourselves as merely as serious as Dave Meltzer does. And we don't no. support ourselves as experts. right because, because we're not okay. Simon, you use, use the word professional. Okay, that means somebody that gets paid to do a job. Okay, so Dave Meltzer is a professional journalist. Mm -hmm. People pay him for his opinion, no matter how much or or how little other people agree with it or disagree with it. Mm -hmm. He is a professional journalist. Unfortunately, just, at, this, at this point in time, we're not. But but you well, also no, we're not. Go ahead. Wait I'm wait sorry. wait Go wait. Ahead. Hold on. But you just said he's a professional journalist. He gets paid for his opinions. Correct. That's not journalism. That's opinions. And the only That's reason why a piece in the paper, not a, not a, not a story. And the only reason why I'm hard on Meltzer is because at the end of the day, he's garnered a lot of success. So at the end of the day, when you've garnered a lot of success, you're, you're, you, you should at least start realizing, okay, maybe I need to have a little more integrity, just a little bit. Because at the end of the day, all eyes are on you. There's tons of people that read what Meltzer's saying, and as you stated, they will go in and, and, and you know say the same thing. I think that it's time that Meltzer needs to start taking a reflective look back on some of the stuff he says. Because for the last four years, it's been very tap tabloid-ish and less professional as to what he first started as. He used to be very even across the board when he first started because I used to listen to him. Now I don't listen to him. Unless I want to be entertained by subjective opinions. That's yeah, just my yeah. opinion. And the other thing that's very interesting about his lists is there's no there's no reasoning. Here's his numbers, but give me a reason. Explain to me why you thought that match wasn't, you know, that quality. So, you know, that at least if you do that, you're giving that opinion. What you're doing is you're saying you're a journalist. And you're just giving numbers, and now it becomes 
well, obviously, if Dave thought that, we should kind of think that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but hey, it's okay. At the end of the day, if he doesn't, if this professional, uh, you know, journalist thing they'll work out, I'm sure Tony Khan will give him a, a, a you know, a contract. He'll be fine. Well, I'm, 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 I'm sure that at least 50% of the people on this show think that he is currently getting paid by AEW and Tony Khan. So it doesn't matter. I cannot confirm or deny yeah, that to see, be true. Exactly. But, or should, but, or I might, fuck it. I might as well just say 75% of the people on this show. But, <laughs> Wait, but easy, I will say this. Easy. But I will say this. Hold on. Because <laughs> I know where you're getting at, Sin City. Here's the thing. It's not about AEW, WWE when we're talking about Meltzer. It's about being a professional, which you have stated not you, but him, he has stated publicly that he is a professional journalist. You need to start conducting yourself as a professional journalist and not as somebody that likes a certain brand because then it makes you not look very professional. Again, he's getting paid. It'd be different. Like with us, we can do what the hell we want. But the minute we yeah. start getting paid and we start saying we're professional journalists, hey, we have to upgrade our, our, the way we carry Where ourselves. can we get our journalistic um, uh, journalism credentials? And then we can start, you know, taking on that. Let's, let's, listen, I'm down. Listen, let's Chris, Chris, Chris has got it right. Chris, <laughs> you got it right. Thank you for so saying basically, that. Basically, if you're a journalist <laughs> and that means you post pictures of your your apartment that you work out of where you have no filing cabinets and it looks like your mom's going to yell at you for having to clean up your room any minute now. Right. Then, I don't know. Journalist. Eh. <laughs> All right, man. He, yeah, we'll, we'll leave this one dead because I think we've said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to our third category. All right, and this one is coming from sportskeeda.com. And it is titled, quote, who paid for such a wildly expensive thing? End quote. Becky Lynch mocks Tony Khan in a recent tweet. All right, so this is how it uh, it reads here. Former WWE Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch has mocked AEW President Tony Khan following his claim that thousands of anti-AEW Twitter accounts are bots and not real individuals. Khan stated in a series of tweets that he received the information from an independent study, which verified... <laughs> I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, independent study which verified that the accounts are run by an army of employed staff and this is the quote an independent study has confirmed that much of the staunch uh, anti-AEW online community aren't real individual it's a staff running thousands of accounts plus an army of bots to to signal boost them Look closely. These aren't real people who pay for such a wildly expensive thing. Okay, so Becky Lynch didn't hesitate to jump on the bandwagon as she mocked Tony Khan by sending the same tweet, but with the subject being herself. Quote, an independent study confirmed that much of the stunch uh, stunch anti-Becky and arena boors aren't real individuals. It's a staff running thousands of AI, an army of bots. Look closely. They aren't real people who pay for such a wildly expensive thing. Becky tweeted. Um, and then she, I guess Becky uh, called out several potential suspects. <laughs> Big time Becky sent out several additional tweets of potential suspects who she think might be behind the Andy Becky Arena Boers. She included names such as Nikki Bella, Stephanie McMahon, Beth Phoenix, Trish Stratus, and billionaire Elon Musk. Becky and Trish have been uh, going back and forth on social media, leaving the WWE Universe interested in seeing about seeing a bout between the two stars. And at Elimination Chamber, Lynch collided with Lita in a dream match. And Trish is another WWE Hall of Famer that fans will love to see big time Beck's face. All right. Sin City, man. I mean, not Sin City. Simon Street. This was your article. Tell me your thoughts on this. Well, first and foremost, the reason why I presented this fine article, because it's funny, but it's an indication of what wrestling can be. And uh, I call it the in-between. So first and foremost, shout out to Tony Khan. Brother, I think we found what you're good at. Building up controversy that makes you look good on your show 
I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm saying it like, brother, you should be diving all in on this shit. On the next AEW uh, taping show, you should directly, uh, you know, whatever you can do legally to uh, keep this going. Because this right here, uh, upon looking at the article, there were uh, different people that posted on whatever, right? And so, uh, what you call it, it basically kind of showed people's interest on it. How many people viewed comments? And it was just interesting because this is something that's been going on for about, what, two weeks now uh, with, with these comments that were said? Or is it about a week? About a week. Same with these things. And I think there was another person that said the same thing. I think it's interesting enough that if you think about it, this is what wrestling is becoming, y'all. It is more is more to do about what's happening on social media and the superstars on whether it's AEW roster or WWE roster that can fill in that void are going to find tons of success. And I know we talk about Tony Khan all the time. And I don't know if he knows he's doing something that might potentially lead to more success for AEW, and particularly him as a character on, on, on his show. But this would be the case. Um, again, shout out to this whole thing with Becky Lynch. This is what Becky Lynch set herself apart with being uh, able to be the man is shit like this. She's done similar stuff like this where she's called people out who were no longer on WWE roster. She's currently using social media right now to build up stuff with Trish Ash. They had Twitter beef uh, two weeks prior um, whenever they did a house show in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. So, again, I really wanted to point this out because I know in past we've talked about Tony Khan, how he doesn't know what he's doing. We don't know if that's the case. I want to see more of this. I want to see more of these uh these conversations on social media between AEW, WWE, or even in between. That's why I wanted to point it out. Okay. I was, this is fun. Sin City. And can one say that the independent study uh, came from Meltzer? Um, <laughs> I'm just fucking well man. played. <laughs> well played. I, uh, realistically speaking, I mean, I can't necessarily defend this, man. Like, it. It is what it is. You're you're always gonna have you're always gonna have a, you know, a, a toxic portion of any fan base that is gonna do nothing but hate on every single thing that you do and troll it. Yeah. Um. So that, that's just life, man. So. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I saw the original tweet come out, I just I rolled my <laughs> eyes and I cringed and I gave that deep emphatic sigh because I fucking knew that we would end up talking about this shit on the show. <laughs> I just knew it. And I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, Tony. Really, right. really appreciate you, uh, you know, making things easy on me. Yeah. Thanks. G giving us material, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt Michaels, man, what, what was your take when you saw this? Um, well, first, uh, on Becky's end, um, no, Becky, it wasn't bots. It's the production truck, and it's, it's recorded booze. We know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so at least that's You're saying that... boo earns. <laughs> yeah, boo earns. Boo earns. <laughs> um listen, you gotta give Tony a little bit of slack here because Tony has recently hired new legal representation. And uh Giuliani said that the reason that people are hating on AEW is because the bots from the Ukraine have been going and taking over the internet and taking out AEW. Oh. So, um, uh, you know, at some point, Tony Khan is, it, this was the, this was the fear I had about this company <laughs> that all of a sudden it would become about him. And it has. We've seen this excelled within the past few months. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is it takes away from every single wrestler when he does shit like this. So, yeah. you know, it's it's he's his own worst enemy. And by the way, one of the things we don't fucking say enough is, by the way, the Jacksonville fucking Jaguars are the team his family owns. So that should say everything right there about <laughs> their business sense. Um, and, uh, 
you know, the draft's out here in Vegas, so I'm pretty sure Tony's going to have CM Punk come out and announce, you know, <laughs> the uh, second round picks when they do, you know, day two, the third round picks or whatever it yeah. is. I'm sure you're going to see one of the AEW guys uh, announcing one of the Jaguars picks. Oh, boy. Because, you know. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Why not? Exactly. I'm already dreading that draft. I was reading in the in the paper what, all the streets they're planning on closing for the next few days, and I'm like, yeah, it's, no, it's, you, you can't get in there at all. Yeah. Good luck, bro. And I got to go to Mandalay Bay at least twice a week. And on one of those days, is I'm gonna be just stuck. I'm also just stay That's crazy. Yep. Oh well. I guess. But but I will say, uh, since he's Steve, I tried, man. I tried with this article to find the light that. That that you know, Khan could follow, but there ain't you know. no light, bro. <laughs> the only the only light at the end of this tunnel is, in fact, a train coming straight at you. <laughs> uh, what did say? A deer headlights. <laughs> I don't know. He's probably tripping the light. Fantastic on what he's probably uh, putting up his. Uh... You said it. Bam, bam. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks. That is our uh, three counts, and we appreciate everyone for listening. And uh, hanging out with us, we do this for you because we we like to be entertainment. You know, we're not your we're not your news source. We're not your journalists. We are entertainment professional. <laughs> we don't get paid for this That's at right. all. Exactly. So Impact works three jobs, and one of them involves taking his clothes off. Oh, Hello. All right. <laughs> TMI. Um. So let's get ready to end the show here and give our final thoughts. And you know what? Simon Street, let's let you uh, start that off, man. What you want to tell the people? Look, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hey, tell a friend because sometimes, you know, they might find what you find entertaining, entertaining as well. And so the both of you or a group of you can watch us as well. Thank you for everything and hope you all have a safe week. Perfect. Sin City Steve. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do so that we can do this show. Uh, as Impact said, we do this show for you guys. Thank you for everything that you do. Uh, very special thank you and shout out to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for making that supreme sacrifice in some cases, for doing everything that you do so that we can all do what we love. And uh, yeah, we, we definitely appreciate all you guys. And uh, last but certainly not least, repsports.com, uh, repsports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code VEGAS at checkout and save yourself 15%. Perfect. And Mr. Matt Michaels, what you got? Um, very quick thing, and of course we're recording this on Sunday night. So hopefully we'll hear a little bit more about this. Uh, hopefully it's nothing uh, bad. But um, Brett Lauderdale uh, posted uh, a response to uh, Game Changer Wrestling's uh, post uh, earlier on Twitter. Um, I guess Bandito, uh, they had a $900 round trip book for him uh to san francisco for uh, gcw's event tonight and they haven't heard from him so hopefully everything's okay with him um and if it's just a situation of a uh, you know him just ditching the flight or whatever um you know is that's not cool of course but at the same time yeah. as long as he's uh, safe and, and healthy that's great and uh congratulations to alexa bliss who uh, is probably going to be headed on her honeymoon, I guess, uh, today. So uh, good for her. Yeah, I was at work today, and some guy uh, came to me and was like, you know who sung at her wedding? And I'm like, who? And I think he said it was Debbie Debbie Allen is her name. Was that it? Debbie somebody? Debbie Allen. I I heard that they got in sync to perform. Oh, was it? Really? Okay. Yeah, he didn't say in sync. He gave me someone like yeah. I don't know, but but ultimately this was um, somewhat star studded, <laughs> you know. So shout well, out she to her, a punk rock singer. Yeah, so. oh, true, true. 
You know, she should have just waited because isn't isn't that group BTS in town this weekend here in Vegas? Yes, they are. Yeah, see? And yeah, I tell you what, the traffic been. was like butter. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, BTS. She, she brought her right on stage, man. Their merch sales are out of control. What blocked off everything on Friday was just people lining up to buy their merch. Allegiant Stadium sold out four nights for their show. What am I missing? <laughs> I've been trying to tell y'all, look at Vegas Bad Boys. I say K-pop is going to make a United States hit, and it has already begun with these, this group. I'm just putting it out there. Wow. Go go look back. Oh, I was talking about someone K-pop just put in our, um, our chat here, Debbie Gibson. Oh, Debbie Gibson. No, it, it, it was not. Uh, so according to E! Entertainment News, um, apparently they didn't list Debbie Gibson, um, but – uh we got yellow card uh bowling for soup which ryan cabrera is part of uh hot hot chelly ray we are the kings and like steve said in sync so uh now if uh debbie gibson did perform uh i'll be talking to her in a few minutes so i'll let you guys know uh, next week well, yeah, because yeah, literally a guy today at the store was like, yeah, because she's my friend or neighbor or something, and she sung at, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. So shout out if she did. I don't know. Well, now you're sounding like Steve Meltzer with these uh, hey, I'm not sources a, I'm that not are a, never included. I'm not a journalist. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Debbie, Gibson, Debbie Gibson does uh, have a place out here. So Does she really? Uh, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said, okay. you know, so yeah. It's a possibility, Man. but if it didn't come from E Entertainment News, and we know they're respected journalists, <laughs> so obviously it's oh, they have to deal with the backlash when their sources aren't correct. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, everyone, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate it, and we will see you uh, next week. All right, take care. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs>